Welcome to season two of Girls' Night Out, Cat Fever, a sci-fi romance in five episodes. Episode four is up next. I am Joe Bourne with a tooth, and this is the news at six. The National Guard has been called in to protect neighboring counties from refugees trying to escape Whitney County and cat fever. The state has set a $5,000 fine for anyone crossing Whitney County lines without a permit. I live in Whitney, but I work in Derby, so I have to cross a country border twice a day. I don't have cat fever. I don't have a cat. Don't I have rights? In other news, a leaked audio recording captured Tasha Van Feline, CEO of Feelright, offering Skip Waters, CEO of Birds International, a $1 million donation in exchange for the withdrawal of Birds International's request for an environmental impact study of Perfection Park. The recording with the hashtag Purgate was posted to social media by TikTok influencer Murmuration. When is a donation a bribe? We all expect corruption from government officials and incorporations. But what hope does society have if our trusted NGOs are on the take too? While they played golf at a ritzy country club, this conversation went down today. Skip, skip, skip. Here are one million reasons why you and Birds International should be happy. That's very generous. It's the donation, of course. It's the donation, of course. It's the donation, of course. course. Think of all the good, all the good, all the good that Birds International can do with that kind of money. money. It's just progress. We'll certainly think about it. Whitney County Police have confirmed the authenticity of the Purgate recording. Ms. Van Feline and Mr. Skip Waters were not available for comment. Once Murmuration posted the Purgate recording, Griffin knew that his job at Birds International was over. He was packing up his desk when he remembered that Tasha had mentioned the homestead. Could it be the place where the Vermilion flycatchers were being kept? Griffin tried to reach me with his idea but I wasn't answering because Lane Clementine and I were about to meet with Zanditha S. How do you convince an alien who thinks we humans are a toxic infestation that we deserve to live? Thought sharing commencing with Then B and Earth Inception subjects one, two, and three. Acting director, feel Earthlings Gracie, Clementine, and Lane. Thank you for agreeing to meet us. I'll admit I was curious what insight you could possibly offer. We have the most advanced intelligence system in the chartered universe. Cognos has near boundless knowledge and analytical capability, and Cognos finds that the optimal human population for Earth is 2 billion. Can humans outthink Cognos? We're not here to argue whether the optimum number of humans on Earth is 2 billion, 4 billion, or 10 billion. We're here to say, with respect, that is not your decision. Not my decision. Acting director. No, no, Warden. Let her talk. It's very interesting. 
Don't you have a guiding principle to not interfere in worlds like ours? That is correct. A call sure seems like interference to us. It's genocide. Humans are destroying Earth. The biosphere is degrading because of your species. It's not perfect. Not even close. But it's our planet. Our home. This is a sentimental argument. Cognos? Is Laniakea optimized? Laniakeans abandoned their planet long ago. It was no longer habitable. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Cognos, where do the Lanakians live now? Cognos, do not respond. I am putting an end to this pointless wordplay. We could have done a call much sooner. Many Lanakians wanted that. The warden has been stalling. You have been stalling. Wait a second. Stalling? We just found out about you and this call idea a couple of days ago. I understand. Your mental processing capability is limited. I will make it as simple as I can. You only have one question to answer. Do you want to implement the call? Or do you want us to do it? What do you mean? Do you want to choose the time, the place, who, how, and then implement that choice? We will help you if you need it. Or leave it to us. We will decide when, where, who, how many, how. One day it will happen. It will come as a surprise. It will be terrible, but you will have no guilt. That's cold. Wait, just let us have some time you to... You have a choice to make in one Earth Day to respond. End thought sharing. Thought sharing has ended. Griffin was angry and desperate. Once it was dark, Griffin packed his car at Whitney Marsh and got out his binoculars. He scanned the farmland that was adjacent to the marsh. He decided to walk over and have a look around. Then he heard footsteps behind him. Oh, hi. What are you doing here? I thought you might like some company. Your dad wouldn't want you here. I'm about to break the law. Never mind about him. Did you get in trouble about Purgate? I haven't been sacked yet, but I will be. I'm sorry. I know you like that job. It's okay. It had to be done. Come on, let's go. Griffin and Ohai hopped a fence and started across a big field of tall grass. As they got closer to the homestead, they noticed a number of cars coming up the long driveway. Twenty or so cars were already parked in front of the house. Looks like they might be having a... party. Let's go around the back. Griffin and Ohai peeked around the side of the home into a back patio. There was a tall, wooden-framed cage, the size of a delivery van, filled with birds. This is it. There's at least ten vermilion flycatchers in there. Uh, four honey eaters. We've even got two, no, three fairy rats. Ohai? 
Ohai wasn't listening to Griffin. She was slowly and silently climbing the back steps, drawn by the sound inside the house. Ohai quietly opened the screen door. She looked mischievously at Griffin, and then... Don't! She went inside. She quietly tiptoed through the kitchen. Griffin followed her, even though he felt like his body was being pulled in the opposite direction by a giant magnet. Keeping low, they peered around the doorway. In a large salon, twenty people stood in a circle. They had placed candles on the floor. Illuminating the room, a hooded woman stood in the center of the circle. She swayed and reached her arms up over her head, and the room fell silent. Her face was in the shadows, but there was no mistaking the voice. We all know why we are here. <laughs> but before we begin, little flock, some good news. Tonight, Whitney will receive the gift of truth. Soon, many people will join us. They will evolve. They will understand. Tasha, the high priestess, threw off her robe. She was naked except for a cat masquerade mask and black stiletto boots. At the same time, half of the people in the circle threw back their robes. They were all women, also naked. Ohai looked at Griffin with a wide-eyed smirk. Griffin was not smiling. Begin the heat. The other hooded figures threw back their robes. They were all men, all naked except for cat masquerade masks and gauntlets on their wrists. The men paced in a circle. The women writhed and stretched out, calling out like female cats in heat. Griffin tugged on Ohai's arm. She was a reporter, so the temptation to watch was almost overwhelming. She peeled herself away from the doorway and tiptoed toward the back door. Griffin followed. Ohai was on the back steps. She looked back at Griffin and then... The people in the salon turned around in unison and glared in the direction of the sound. They saw Griffin's startled face framed in the doorway. Bring him to me! Ohai hid under the back stairs. They didn't see her. They dragged Griffin roughly back into the circle. I didn't really see anything. Honest. The people had put their robes back on and had reformed the circle. Griffin was dragged into the center to face Tasha. You've broken into my house. I'm within my rights to shoot you. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I was just, I, I, I was just looking you for... You were curious. But do you know what they say about curiosity? No. What? You know. Curiosity. Oh. Uh. Killed the cat? That's right. But what if it was the other way around? What if the cat killed curiosity? <sighs> I'm going to help you see. Take him to the transformation room. Please. No, no. I. I didn't. I. I won't. Come on, guys. 
Tasha nodded, and two of the males roughly took Griffin by each arm and led him down a set of stairs into the basement. Outside, Ohai heard Griffin cry out and stumble. Then there was silence. She got up, looked back at the homestead one last time, and ran away. I saw your party, but but you can't just take me. Call the police and tell them I was trespassing. The men left. Griffin looked around and saw Doctor Danik Vesely in leg irons attached to a workbench. Hello. I can tell by your situation that you are not here by choice. Please listen carefully. Just nod if you understand. Have you ever heard of cat fever? Uh-huh. They are going to dose you with cat fever. Once that happens, you have 48 hours to get the vaccine. That's very important because after 48 hours, your brain will be altered. You won't know, of course, but if you want to continue being you, you must escape from here and get the... Tasha came into the room, fully clothed, her head held high. I wasn't expecting to see you at the homestead, Griffin. I can't really let you go. The transformation is too important to us. Nurse! Tasha, do you like zombie movies? Do shut up, Danik. You don't understand now. Your mind isn't right, but it will be. You'll see. Ah, there you are, nurse. Can you give a cat fever spore pellet to this young gentleman? Please try to be gentle this time. He will be one of us soon, and we don't want to hurt him. Please, Tasha, don't do this. This isn't you. You're sick. Let's get this tape off. (laughs) People know that I am... Don't move, please. I am inserting the feeding tube. Relax. It won't hurt as much. Feeding tube is in place. Now we will feed him the pellet. There. All right. I'm going to remove the tube. Please relax, young man. It's done. Congratulations, Griffin. You are joining our community. Don't be upset. Now you just have to stay here for a few days. Then the truth will take hold and you will be able to see. You may as well relax and get comfortable. Soon you'll be a whole new man. (coughs) Thank you, nurse. Bring him into the training room and start the transformation video. Griffin, you probably know that the environmental impact study for Perfection Park is being redrafted. That will take a while. I hope. I'm off to a planning meeting for the launch of Perfection Park tomorrow. What an exciting new phase for us all! Griffin, remember what I said. The nurse rolled Griffin out of the lab and down the hall. She opened a door labeled Training and reversed Griffin in, 
The walls were covered with large TV screens. The nurse pulled up a remote control, and all the screens sprang to life. Every screen had a montage of cute cat videos. The room began to throb with the sounds of cats purring. Griffin closed his eyes tightly. We have a way of keeping your eyes open, but it's very uncomfortable. It's better if you just watch it. But it's up to you. Are you going to watch the training video? Good boy. After the thought share with Zandita S., Lane and I hopped on a call with Clementine. I think I might have pissed her off. You think? We've got one day? This is bad. We need to get the director back in the director's chair. If you two can do that, I'll stall her. How do we stall her? Hang on, that's my phone. Hello? Hello, Dr. Roland? It's oh, hi. Sorry to call you this late, I- That's absolutely fine. How are you? I'm fine. We found the birds, but it's Griffin. He's in trouble. Even though Zandita S. had us on a countdown clock, when Ohai called, our priorities changed. They had Griffin. And if I could save the director, we might be able to save humankind. We packed up Lane's beautiful beasties van and made our way up the long driveway to the homestead. It was late for a house call from the vet, but Lane was good at improvising, and I was good at disappearing. Hello, I'm Elaine Dubois from Beautiful Beasties Veterinarian Clinic. You order toxoplasmosis vaccinations for the cats here? I don't know. Says here on the order form that it's already paid for by T. Van Feeling. Tasha's not here. That's okay. I'm happy to get started. No time to lose. Cats suffer terribly from toxoplasmosis. As Lane set up to vaccinate a sea of unwilling cats, I had already disappeared and was walking around to the back of the house. The vermilion flycatchers were in a large cage on the back patio, just like Ohai said. But she also said that Griffin was still inside the house. I climbed the back porch, quietly opened the back door, and entered the house. I found the stairs to the cellar, and I went down. I peeked in one door and saw a small laboratory with CCTV cameras in every corner. Shackled to a workbench was Dr. Danik Vesely. He couldn't see me. I heard childish music coming from the other end of the hallway. I followed the sound and came to a door labeled training. I pushed open the door. There was Griffin taped to a chair in a room filled with large screens. Griffin was looking at the screens, but I noticed his hands were working feverishly to get free of the tape. All around on the floor, on Griffin's chair and on Griffin, were cats. I walked around behind him. (coughs) Shh, Griffin, it's me. Don't talk. I'm behind you. Don't turn around, either. There are cameras in here. 
Keep looking ahead. I'm going to get you out of here. When I say go, you are going to stand up and walk up the stairs and out the back door. Don't look back, just run. As I was talking to Griffin, Mr. Ferndale was in the Feelright offices talking on the phone to Candace. He was watching all the CCTV screens for Tasha's home and the homestead. One screen showed Griffin and another screen showed Danik. What have you got on under that? Oh yeah, I like that one. (laughs) Mr. Ferndale noticed that just for a moment, Griffin was talking. There's no one in the room. Who was he talking to? I'll call you later, babe. What? Where are you? Almost there. I'm picking up the birds and then I'm out of here. Can you check something while you're out there? We've got the scientist in the downstairs lab, right? And there's another guy in the training room. But I think there's... Someone else downstairs. I can't see anyone, but I don't know. Maybe nothing. Okay. I'll look around. Mirko Borg came up the long driveway to the homestead. As he parked and got out of his van, he noticed Lane, and Lane noticed him. He took the two large transport cages out of the back of his van and walked around to the back of the house. Mirko sighed with relief when he found the birds in the wooden cage at the back of the house. He put on his mesh gloves and captured the birds, one by one, including the director. He transferred them to the transport cages, then he walked back to the van and put the transport cages into the back. Lane watched him. She could feel that he had the birds and the director. Mirko had been paid. He could leave these lunatics behind and never look back. He reached into the van on the passenger side and got his taser out of the glove box. He strolled slowly back to the house. I was using my teeth to cut the tape holding Griffin. His feet were finally free. Then, in the room next door... Ah, Mr. Borg. Lovely to see you again. Shut it. Would it be possible to get a drink of water? Shut it. (sighs) Griffin, wait. (sighs) Griffin started up out of his chair. He stepped on a cat's tail. (coughs) Mirko swiveled at the sound. He squared his shoulders and stretched out his neck as if preparing for a boxing match. He left Danik twitching on the floor and headed down the hall towards the training room. Then, Fanboy decided to break some rules. Commencing thought sharing with Inception Subject 3. Lane, I feel you. Hey, Fanboy. I'm a bit busy. Lane, Gracie needs your help. There is a man walking towards her with a device that administers a severe electric shock. His path will intersect hers in six seconds. Okay, I got it. Lane went into a trance and opened her consciousness to call the creatures nearby. Help came from an unexpected source. 
In the training room, the sea of cats turned as one and ran out of the room. The cats quietly stampeded towards Mirko, who was coming carefully down the hallway. They quickly surrounded him. He didn't take the cats seriously. He tried pushing them away with his steel-toed boots. When that didn't work, he kicked a few. A scarred old feral tomcat called Buster climbed up Mirko's back and mounted his head, claws firmly hooked into his face. At the same time, a cross-eyed Siamese called Ming clawed her way up Mirko's pant leg. Her teeth piercing Mirko's trousers. Mirko panicked and tried to taser Buster. Instead, he tasered himself. Come on, Griffin, let's go. We stepped carefully past Mirko, who was now crumbled on the floor, covered in a swarm of cats. Danik was out cold in the lab. We ran up the stairs and found Ohai on her way down the stairs with a kitchen knife in her hand. Dr. Roland, how did you get down here? Let's go, around to the front. As we came running around the side of the building, Lane was closing down the pop-up vaccination clinic. Sorry, folks. That's it for today. Shit. We forgot the birds. Wait here. I know where they are. Lane sprinted to Mirko's van and opened the back. She pulled out the two transport cases and started heading back to the beautiful Beastie's van. Then, coming around the side of the house, staggering, seething, zapped, and scratched to ribbons was Mirko Borg. Lane and Mirko locked eyes. Those are mine. These are wild birds. I'm a wildlife rescue officer. Fuck your wildlife office. I got out of the car. Griffin and Ohai watched from the back seat. Just let us go, and we'll let you go. Oh, I'm scared. The colony members watched the standoff. Mirko started walking towards us. Lane and I looked at each other. Mirko wasn't going to back down. I had to do something. But it had to be subtle. Griffin and Ohai were watching, so I concentrated all my rage at his feet and his steel-toed boots. Okay, time to go. As we drove away, I looked back to see Mirko flailing on the ground, trying to take his boots off. I didn't want him to follow us, so I moved his car. A lot. Whoa! Looks like he forgot to put the handbrake on. We sped away from the farmhouse. I called 911 and told them I had seen a man being held hostage at the homestead. Soon, help would be on the way for Danik. But then Griffin told us about the feeding tube and the cat fever pellet. I've got some Toxovax in the van. This is the new variant, cat fever. We need Danik's morning after vaccine. He offered me a batch and I refused. What an idiot I am. (sighs) I'm screwed. No, wait. 
Danik gave some vaccines to the Whitney County Health and Safety Guy. What's his name? It's strange, something Horn or Horn something. Clifford? Cliffhorn? Penhorn. Yeah, I, yeah, I have his business card. It's, it's here in my, uh... Here, give it to me, Griffin. Out of office message. Wait. What day is it? The birds were malnourished and dehydrated, so Lane took them back to her vet clinic. We needed the vaccine, and Clarence wasn't answering the phone. So Ohi, Griffin, and I paid him a visit. Clarence? Clarence? You in there? Uh, shoot. Um, um, let's go around the back. We walked around to the back of the house and found Clarence. He had his back to us, and he was sitting with four Dungeons and Dragons friends around a coffee table with pizza, beer, and Coke cans. We peered at him through the sliding glass patio doors. Belgar, in the heat of battle, you take a swig from your trusty vial of health potion. Dealing you... Eight health points. Yes! But Zamot's stray fireball sets alight your robe. Dealing you... Five points of fire damage. Oh, crap! Clarence turned slowly around. He put down the dice and walked over to the door, glaring at us in extreme frustration. He slid open the door. Hi, Clarence. Uh, the game's already started. Sorry to just show up like this. Um, do you still have those vaccines that Dr. Vesely gave you? Clarence answered by pointing at a bar fridge in the corner of the room. The D&D game was suspended briefly while we set up a makeshift field hospital. Mom, just... Hurry. Griffin rolled up his sleeve and presented me with his bicep. Uh, this is a big needle. It's gonna go in the buttocks. Put it in my arm, Mom. Sorry. Buttocks is better. Trust me. Why is the buttocks better? Oh, okay. Okay. Just, just, just go ahead. Oh, I hate needles. I can't watch. Griffin pulled down his pants on one side and I wiped a patch and quickly pushed in the syringe. <laughs> ah! Griffin gasped, Ohi winced, and the nerd? <laughs> News of the director's rescue reached Sanditha S. She saw it as a minor setback. Director still had to be extracted, and the Earthlings had no way to arrange that without the help of Fanboy. She had commenced disciplinary action against Fanboy for interfering in the reality of Earth. Soon, she would have him removed from the role of Warden. The cull was on schedule. From her perspective, everything was falling into place, but Zanditha also did not like loose ends. Commencing thought-sharing with Kestrel Venn. 
Zanditha, I feel you. Kestrel, my dear friend, hypothetical question. How would a Lanyakian kill a life form on Earth without drawing attention to the death? The best way to kill a life form is to borrow another life form, a predator. Each life form has its own unique predators. How about a bird? A vermilion flycatcher? Cognos. Find predators for the vermilion flycatcher. Predators for Pyrocephalus rubinus. Common name, vermilion flycatcher. Hawks. Falcons. Owls. Gulls. Graggles. Rats. Squirrels. Weasels. Raccoons. My goodness. So many options. Kestrel, then, how would you like a little Earth vacation? Thank you for listening to Episode 4. Stay tuned for the finale and Episode 5, which is coming up next. Bringing this story to life are our wonderful voice actors. In order of appearance, they are... Rich Green is Joe. Wendy Page is Tasha. Chris Tenhill is Skip. Christian P.K. Reed is Cognos and Murmuration. Nancy Zelno is Grace. Matthew Moore is Ben B. Sarah Zversenuk is Zanditha S. Jennifer Lyles is Lane. Marie Ann Watson is Clementine. Dan Egan is Griffin. Christina Molina is Ohai. Jerry Schultz is Danik. Lisa Spiegel is Nurse. Cole Lewis is Mr. Ferndale. Greg Rogan is Mirko. Mauricio Rivera Burrell is Clarence. Zachary Snow is Kestrel Ben. Other roles were performed by Ann Stobart, Cherie Price, and Matthew Moore. Girls Night Out Season 2 is written by Mary Labrie and produced by Women of a Certain Age. Original music, We Are Alive, was written by Dan Egan. Other music was Batty Anthem by Ghost Beats, Your Loss by Ghost Beats, and Happy Puppy by Dresden the Flamingo. Casting, directing, sound engineering, and editing was done by Mary Labrie. For news about the Girls' Night Out series and the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, follow us on Facebook or on Instagram. Our handle is at Girls Night Out Universe. If you like the show, leave us a review or comment and share us with your friends and family. If you want to help this ragtag team of indie developers and actors win Best Fiction Podcast for 2023, please vote for us. Links are on our link tree at Girls Night Out Podcast. We would appreciate that so much. Now remember... Episode 5 and the finale of Season 2 is up next, so stay tuned and thank you for joining us in this reality vector. <laughs>